The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Shall we pray? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, our strength and our salvation, our hope and our help. Amen. When, when our son Ben was about two years old, his mouth and the bottoms of his feet got connected together in that as soon as his feet hit the floor, his mouth was going. And in the morning time, when he would come out of the bedroom with his feet on the floor and his mouth going faster than his feet could, he would come to me and start rattling on about his dreams from the night and his hopes for the day while I was trying to drink my first cup of coffee. We came to an agreement that if I held up one finger, it meant I was on my first cup of coffee and he needed to go talk to somebody else. And that if I held up two fingers, I could be a target of his vocalizations. This is a seminary coffee mug that I got when we were there. When I drink from this coffee mug, I pray for the friends that I remember from school and for the students who are there now learning and becoming who might one day serve here in this church. In that time frame that Ben's feet and his mouth were connected, we had to take Hannah up to Tyler for some tests early in the morning. And, and Pete and Annette offered to watch Benjamin while we went for that. And Annette, as we went for the preview, confessed that she's a two-cup morning person also. And when we got out of the truck, Ben looked at me and said, is Miss Annette holding up one finger? Or two. I looked over at Miss Annette and she only had one finger up. I said, Ben, go talk to Pete. We have to be in the right frame to hear what God has to say. And, and that's Paul's prayer in this letter to the Colossians. And not just for the church in that day, but because we proclaim and believe in the communion of saints, this is Paul's prayer for us here and now. And he prayed and he said, we ask God. He said, we, we haven't stopped giving thanks to God since we first heard about you. And, and, and I will tell you 
that, that from the moment it was public that we were moving here, every time I ran into a former pastor, they were singing your praise and thankful for you. Of course they were. <laughs> Paul wrote that about us, thankful for us, and praying that we have wise minds and spirits attuned to God's will so that we would acquire a thorough understanding in the ways which God works. All we have to do is read the Gospels to see how God works. Paul, Paul wrote of the Gospels, at the right time, God sent his Son. At the right time. That's how God works, at the right time. Not according to our time frames, not according to our plans, but, but at the right time, God works and acts. Paul wrote this so that we would learn how God works and as we learn more and more how God works, we learn better and better how we are to work together as God's people. It, 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 it's, it's like being a chisel and a hammer in a carver's hands. We're the instruments of God, each and every one of us. When you happen to stop by my office sometime for coffee or, or, or for conversation, you'll note that on the closet door, there's one of those big, huge sticky notes. And on it, it says, when we are forged in the fires of the Holy Spirit, we become instruments in God's hands. That's God's desire for us. That's God's design of us that we place ourselves in God's hands to be that instrument that God uses to reach people with God's love. Every, everywhere we go this afternoon, we're going to run into people, not literally, but we're going to see people, and people are going to see us. What are we going to show them about God? The way God works is the way God wants us to work. And, and, and Paul said, we pray that you'll have strength to stick it out over the long haul. It's a marathon, right? I mean, I, I, I've, I've confessed that the next time I get to be a part of any big contractor's project, I'm adding two months to the time frame from the beginning. They say, this date, I'm going to say plus two. Because it's a marathon and, and, and it takes energy and strength and rhythm and rest to run with perseverance the race that is set before us. That's what it says in Hebrews. Run with perseverance the race that is before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Paul prays for our strength, not the grim strength of gritting your teeth. Have you ever had strength like that? And just knuckled under and got it done. That's not the kind of strength God wants to give us. Paul, as Eugene Peterson translates it in the message, message calls it the glory strength that God gives. The glory strength that God gives. I remember when I was an associate pastor, um, my senior pastor and the other associate pastor used to give me a hard time because, because I never had to preach Sunday morning 
and Sunday evening as they did most of their career. And, and they would just wear me out in staff meeting. They would wear me out from the pulpit sometimes. Yeah, Pastor John's got it easy. He hadn't had to preach morning and evening every week, week in and week out. These kids, they're just, wow, they've got it so easy and they don't even know it. That's what they'd say. Well, one Sunday in the summertime, uh, Pastor David and Pastor Bill were both going to be out. And I looked at David, my senior pastor. I said, okay, sir, here's a choice. I'm asking for the privilege of preaching morning and evening. And if you choose to invite me to preach, because you're the appointed elder, you're the one in charge of the pulpit, um, I can find out what it takes to preach morning and evening. But if you don't invite me, please stop giving me a hard time about never having done that. You have the opportunity to provide me the opportunity to do what you've done, or you have the opportunity to stop giving me a hard time about it. Well, he, he thought about it. He said, well, I've thought about it, John. I'll, I'd like to invite you to preach both services in the morning and the evening. And, and I preached all day long, and I was tired, but there was a renewed strength in me that I couldn't explain that was so far beyond my ability, that was so far beyond my capabilities. I don't even remember if the sermons were any good, but I, I felt energy and peace about the day. That's the glory strength that God gives. It's the strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy, thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful He has for us. Every November, we spend time cultivating an attitude of gratitude as a people of God Be, because we know that, that, that it takes cultivation to grow fruit, and, and gratitude is a fruit, something that we cultivate and grow within us and share with others. There's a cartoon called Radio Free Babylon, and, and, and they have this, Coffee with Jesus. Headed down to see the family for the holiday, Jesus. You have a great time, James. Eat an extra helping of sweet potato casserole for me. James says, just curious, Jesus, is Thanksgiving a ridiculously busy time for you? All the people you never hear from suddenly thanking you? Jesus says, my favorite thing about Thanksgiving, James, it's the millions of times I get to reply, You're welcome. Cultivating an attitude of gratitude is part of our work as followers of Christ. Growing within us and helping to grow within each other. Thankfulness. And gratitude leads to joy. And joy is different than happiness. Christ calls us in this time of year and all year to let our thankfulness spill over into joy in life. Happiness comes and goes with the rest of our emotions. Joy is the bedrock foundation of our lives. We've got grateful journals in my monk manual. On the left-hand side, there's a spot for, for three things for which I'm thankful. 
in the daily pages. I haven't filled it out yet today. I'm thankful for. It's blank right now just because I haven't taken the time to fill it. But Sunday morning at church could be on it. We've got those journals available on your way out. So this week and through Advent and through December, we can remember to write down three things every day for which we're thankful. One of my favorite coaches, Jeff Nations, had a saying about repetitive action. This wasn't it, but I saw it this week. Repetitive complaining will attract things for you to complain about. Repeated gratitude will attract things for you to be thankful about. Coach Nations often spoke about practice. And some say practice makes perfect. Coach Nations says perfect practice makes perfect performance possible. If we practice wrongly over and over and over again, guess what? We've just ingrained in ourselves how to do it wrongly. But if we practice rightly over and over and over again, you see, what we do repetitively impacts who we are, how we see things and how we say things and how we feel about life. And cultivating an attitude of gratitude takes practice and it takes work. It takes prayers, ours, and the prayers of others. When we consider Paul's prayer for us, we have an obligation to Christ to be those who can make that prayer fruitful. For instance, we're, we're traveling to Dallas for, for, for Thanksgiving. If I ask you all to pray for traveling mercies for us, I owe you the obligation to be a wise driver and a safe driver. When, 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 when if I ever go back to school and, and take an exam and I ask you to pray that I might do well on the exam, I owe you and Christ the obligation to study hard and learn well. When we ask each other for prayers and when we pray for each other, there is a resultant expectation and obligation that we have to each other to be willing to yield ourselves to allow those prayers to be fruitful. Pray that I'll be happy. And then I just stay cranky. That doesn't work. Paul prays for us that we would have wise minds and spirits attuned to God's will, that we will have a thorough understanding of how God works so we can be better at our work. Our work as a congregation is to make disciples of Jesus who love this city with the heart of Christ. We need to be practiced in loving this city with the heart of Christ. We need to be practiced in proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, of reminding people who do not know love that there is love that encompasses all their hurt and all their pain and all their hopes and all their dreams. We need to be practiced at giving thanks, at being kind and polite in public, at sharing love, and peace everywhere we can. You know, in the morning time at our house, 
there's sometimes that I need this cup because it has a lid on it. I'm usually the one that gets blamed for the little coffee spills when I'm going from the coffee pot to wherever I'm going to sit. But, you know, I went all the way to Uvalde for a week one time. And at the end of the week, in that little cabin in the woods, it was time for me to clean to restore it back where it was. And I don't know when she did it, but Holly drove all the way to Uvalde and spilled little coffee drips all over that cabin's floor. <laughs> I found a new mug. On this side it says, show me the way that I should go. Psalm 143. And on this side it says, choose the good. I like it because it looks like a caution sign of some kind. It's bright and it gets my attention. This morning, there was a coffee drip on the floor. It was me. It was me. <laughs> and I, I, I said, Holly, why did you spill coffee on the floor? She said, I don't know. I was shaky. I said, no, you spilled coffee on the floor because you had coffee in your cup. As we go through life, we're going to have spills. It just happens. We're going to be shaky. We're, 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 we're going to bump. And, 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 and I don't know about you, but I want to be so full of Christ that when a mosquito bites me, it flies away singing, there is power in the blood. I, I want to be so full of Christ that ain't nothing but glory strength going to spill out of me when I get bumped. I want to be so full of Christ, ain't nothing but joy going to spill out of me when I get bumped. I want to be so full of Christ that ain't nothing but gratitude spills out of me. I want to be so full of Christ that love and peace and hope, I want to be so full of Christ that I ain't even got time the following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ.